Amen. I am so pumped. I had a, an energy drink, two of them, and a coffee. So, man, I don't know what's about to happen. Um, trigger warning. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Let's jump into it. Would you pray with me for a moment? Jesus, we thank you, God, for this moment. I pray, God, that you will convict us, change us, transform us. Do something in our world. Do something in our life, God. We didn't come this morning to play church, to tick a box, to tithe and to go home, but we came to encounter the presence of the living God. You are right here, right now, and we pray, God, that you will trigger us, transform us, offend us, and make us repented. And the people of God say, can we give it up one more time for Jesus? Freedom House. See, I'm a hollaback type of preacher. The more you speak to me, the less I'm gonna speak. And there's no service after this service. So I had the permission to go be extra time. Anybody wants to go home today? Are you guys gonna help me preach? Yeah. See, the more you speak, the more I think you're listening. The more I think you're listening, the less I speak. The less I speak, the quicker you're gonna have um, lunch today. So make sure you're helping me to preach, amen. Amen, before I start my sermon, I will say trigger warning, trigger warning. Just because the truth of, of the gospel is that truth will make you offended or repentant. This is why people hate the gospel because the gospel will convict your soul. The gospel will trigger you in order to transform you and the gospel will offend you and also to make you repent. And that is why people have a problem with the gospel. In fact, so many churches have decided, I'm gonna remove the triggering element of the gospel. So they're so full of people who love their sin. And the moment you open the word of God, they get triggered. So trigger warning, all my radical leftists, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Truth has to trigger you in order to transform you. This is what Christianity does. It's uncomfortable. Truth will have to offend you in order for you to be repentant. And this morning, I wanna shake you and get the word of God to convict you because the Bible said when the spirit of truth come, he will convict people of the sin. This is the first thing the Holy Spirit does when he rocks up. Before you get the tongues, before you get the power, 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 before you shake on the floor, before anything happens, the Holy Spirit will convict you, meaning trigger you, amen? I wanna quickly honor Pastor Troy and Penny for leading this amazing prophetic movement. What a time to be alive. That in 2002, they planted an amazing church with a prophetic name, Freedom. What a prophetic name in a time when you have governments across the world who are seeking to take freedom, who are seeking to treat you like nothing, who are seeking to become God, replacing God with government, for God to plant a dream of a church with the goal of freedom. And how awesome is that our gospel is called the gospel of freedom the gospel of liberty. And you're part of a church that is not about politics, but it's about preaching the truth. Come on, you have leaders who are choosing to speak the truth of the word of God, no matter what the cost. How awesome that you're not part of a politically correct church, but you're a part of a prophetic church. I'm saying, 
How awesome that you're not part of a politicking church where there's a lot of around them in this area. I came across them. But you're part of a prophetic church who will open the uncomfortable truth of the scripture and shake you so you can know who God is and who you are. So I wanna quickly honor Pastor Troy and Pastor Penny. Can we give it up for Pastor Troy and Penny for a moment? I'm telling you, it costs you a lot to be a prophetic biblical church, not a politicking church, trying to get the numbers and the likes and the equality and the inclusivity and the diversity and all that stuff. It does cost you a lot and for you to have leaders in this point of time, which is a few of them who are choosing to step up, speak the truth, and act like leaders, this is really rare, so I hope you guys know you're part of an amazing church, an amazing community, and don't take it for granted, and every time you get offended, don't leave, but say, give me more. Every time you get triggered, don't leave, but get transformed. I'm saying every time you get offended, be like, give me more. I wanna change. Every time you get triggered, let truth transform you, not trigger you. Because we're living in the midst of a secular era and radical leftism. Welcome to the era of secular progressivism and radical leftism, where self-love is the spiritual sacrament of our time and Pride Month is our state-funded holy pilgrimage. Sodom and Gomorrah 2.0. You are right now living in Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> We're Pride Month. Pride is the most celebrated virtue and kids are nothing but the sex experiment of our time. Children and kids are the sex experiment of this pride-loving, God-rejecting, Bible-hating culture where they're using kids and innocent people as props. Firstly, they kill kids before they're even born with abortion and then that's not enough. Why not go after kids? and groom them with drag queens who are gay perverted men, dressed up like women, trying to intentionally make your kid sexually perverted. They're trying to intentionally make your kid sexually perverted and confuse their gender. So if they're not dead by abortion, they will chop their body parts. <laughs> so if you don't catch them with abortion, you catch them by homosexuality, so they reject God and go to hell? Because guess what, the Bible does say, if you practice homosexuality, you will not make it to heaven. I know people don't like that verse, but the fact is, it is what it is. Just because you feel something, it does not mean you're gonna do something. Feelings are not reality. Just because you claim to be a woman, it does not mean a woman. I have so many people that always tell me, I am what I feel. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not what you feel. Men cannot get pregnant. And men cannot have the period. And trans women are men dressed like women. I've been living for 31 years. I've been waiting for my period. It's not there yet. How crazy. A lot of people get offended by my jokes, but you gotta understand, like it's not loving, it's so very loving. Jesus was love, I'm like, but you gotta understand, when you don't mock stupid ideas, Stupid ideas become religious dogma of the time. And that's what's happening in the moment. Hundreds if not thousands of churches across America and the Western world have been playing politics with the Bible. And as a consequence, stupidity is now religion. Foolishness is now celebrated. I'm saying right now you live in an era where people say stupid stuff. 
See, Elijah went to the prophets of Jezebel. We're living in Jezebel's time. Feminism, killing babies, rejection of God, sexual immorality. And he didn't argue with her. He just made fun of her. He's like, yo, guys, you guys should probably call Laura on your God because he's probably in the toilet. When you don't mock bad ideas, bad ideas will become the religion of our time. When you don't mock stupid ideas, stupid ideas will become sacred. And that's what's happening in our culture is that we have been tolerating sin for so long. Yet the gospel is not about tolerance. The gospel is about repentance. <laughs> Did you know that tolerance is not a biblical virtue? Catch this, man. That's really important. Because secular progress, progressivism and radical leftism, they keep on chucking values on you. Tolerance, tolerance, inclusivity, inclusivity, diversity, diversity. No, no, wait, wait. The Bible, the gospel is not inclusive. Why? Because people are going to hell. There's only one way to heaven, Jesus. So it's inclusive, yeah, but it's very exclusive at the same time. So the church is not about inclusivity. It's about God. And at the exact same time, they teach you tolerance rather than repentance. Yet tolerance is not a biblical value, virtue. It's actually, you know what, that, what is tolerance? Tolerance is you having no conviction. So every time someone tells you, I am this, you tolerate it and you move the line. And this is a problem that you're getting. Like, that's why you have a lot of progressive work churches and pastors, their kids are gay. Have you ever seen that pastor? It's really simple. Whatever you tolerate, the next generation will celebrate. Do you understand all the parents are being offended by me? Now, you gotta understand, we had last weekend our sixth birthday at the church and we had two guys get baptized. One of them, he thought he was trans. And now he's free. He's free. He wasn't born this way. And I'm telling you, this is really important for parents. If you do not teach repentance and if you tolerate sin, Whatever you tolerate, your kid will celebrate. That is why you need to be in a church that will speak the truth no matter what the cost. You have to be. It is not. What good if I make this church or whatever church I go to preach and so inclusive, yet our own kids are rejecting God. Firstly, you gotta get your family in order. Then you can reach the world. Your priority is for your kid to know Jesus and be holy and follow his ways, not to compromise on your values in order to attract someone that might be saved. And I knew something, man. If you don't teach repentance, people don't get saved. So what do you do when you're living in a culture of hyper-inclusivity where gay perversion or being gay is being celebrated? Where you're surrounded by the gay agenda, or as Disney calls it, the secret, so not secret, Gay agenda, that's literally what Disney called it. They literally said it, the gay agenda. The not so secret anymore gay agenda. What do you do when you're living in the midst of a culture that celebrates the gay agenda, that celebrates pride, that hates God, and that is on an aggressive journey to indoctrinate kids? If you jump in the book of Daniel, you kind of see that same experience because before you answer the cultural question, you'll always find that most culture questions are actually biblical questions. You know those people that are like, don't play the culture war, peace, 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 peace. I'm like, no, no, no. Every cultural question is actually a biblical question. God, God is interested in every part of your existence. God is interested in your politics. God is interested in your identity. God is interested in your sexuality. God is interested in education. Jesus is not Lord of some. Jesus is Lord of all. Yeah. 
So when you come to this church, and when you come to any biblical church, God is planning to go to every single area of your existence, your race, your culture, your ethnicity, your sexuality, your gender, your identity. God is planning to go deep into everything in your life. The gospel has a plan for every single part of your life. Because Jesus is not Lord of some. I know so many people, you love the churches that tell you Jesus is Lord of this, but not this. No, 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 no. Jesus, when he comes to your world, he will change everything and anything. And if you don't like it, you probably should find a different religion or a different church. Because Jesus is not Lord of some. He's Lord of all. In the book of Daniel, we jump into this moment of indoctrination. What's awesome about the Bible, the Bible speaks about what's happening, what, is, what happened what is happening and what is yet to happen. That's why somehow in the book of Daniel chapter one, you see this moment of kids indoctrination. We're gonna read it in a moment, but you cannot jump in around 600 AD where the people of God were carried into captivity. At the moment in the West, we are living in an interesting moment where we are no longer living in Jerusalem, the city of peace, but we're heading towards Babylon, the city of war. And most churches in your area, and a lot of them, are not aware that we are transitioning from Jerusalem to Babylon. Jerusalem is a city of peace. Babylon is a city of war. Jerusalem is a city where the people of God are in charge. Babylon is a city where the devil is in charge. And you're gonna to have to move on because when you celebrate abortion and the killing of babies and sexual perversion and kicking God out of the public square long enough, eventually God will hand you over to the spirit of Babylon. And that's what's happening in Daniel. That's exactly, and that's why a lot of pastors are in denial. Like, I'm not gonna involved in the, in the culture war, culture war. I'm like, buddy, you are in Babylon. You are no longer in Jerusalem. America is not what it was 20 years ago. You are no longer in Jerusalem. You are in Babylon. There is a war, whether you like it or not. It's on, it's happening. And this war is on the minds of your children. I'm saying this war is about the soul, the mind, the identity of your children. We jump in Daniel 1 and said, during the third king, the, during the third year of King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, king of Nebuchadnezzar came and he took over Jerusalem. That's what's happening at the moment. There's a culture war between Jerusalem and Babylon and if Babylon wins, this is what ends up happening. It said, this is really important, I love, it said, King Nebuchadnezzar said, bring me some young men. <laughs> The spirit of Babylon is a spirit that is after young men. Why? Because you cannot teach old people new tricks. You can't teach old dogs new tricks. So the spirit of Babylon is particularly directed against the young people, but not just the young people. It's particularly directed against the young people of God, particularly men. And the spirit of Babylon, it seeks to emasculate men. It seeks to, men, to make men act like women. It seeks to make men more feminine. This is what Spirit of Babylon does. It says, bring me some young men. Bring them to me so that I can indoctrinate them, so that I can take over the soul, so that I can take over the identity. And that's what the Spirit of Babylon does. It's a spirit of indoctrination disguised under the name of education. And welcome to the public school system, which is indoctrination under the name of education. Because education without God is indoctrination. Catch this, catch this. Education without God is indoctrination. 
People don't understand that. I'm like, you gotta understand, education without God is indoctrination. School without scripture is indoctrination. And our public schools at this point of time are a, are a factory of God hating, God rejecting young people. And all my young people, all my Gen Zers, can I get an amen? All my women, can I get an amen? All my Gen Zers, can I get a slay man? Gen Z, you have been groomed, indoctrinated, infiltrated, and, ma- and manipulated by our sex-worshipping culture. Gen Z, you gotta understand, you have been manipulated, you have been groomed, you have been infiltrated, you have been this sex experiment that the devil is using left-wing politics to make you the sex experiment and the sex project of our time. You are manipulated and infiltrated. And that's exactly what King Nebuchadnezzar did. It's really important. He takes Daniel, meaning God is my judge, and he renames him. This is really important. He takes Daniel and he called him Belshazzar, meaning the, the one who worships Bel. This is what the devil does. He will take your identity and change it. He will give you a new name. He will give you a new label. He will give you a new identity. He will call you something. You're gay, you're bisexual, you're transgender, uh, transgender you're transsexual, you're bisexual, you're bi this, you're pansexual, you're pancake. He will come and he will put, and then I'm a cisgender, cis-transgender, amen, a woman, blue-headed, they, them, feminist with so much hair. I'm like, what are you talking about? The devil is gonna chuck a new name on you. Gay, bisexual, whatever, all that gender bender, ABC, EFG, all the alphabet soup, whatever, he will chuck a new name on you. And you gotta understand, you are being manipulated because when you get a new name, you get a new identity. It's really important because you think you're free. You think you made it. You think you're smarter than your parents. You think, no, 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 no. You are the experiment. (laughs) Because your parents love you more than anybody. And that's what the spirit of Babylon does. It makes you all my LGBTQ, ABC, cult. It makes you think that the government loves you more than your parents, which is not true. How crazy. Joe Sleepy Biden, he was like, oh, the children, they belong to all of us. I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. They're not your children, you creepy Joe. They're not. They don't. The spirit of Babylon, it replaces God with government. That's what's happening right now. It replaces men with the state. It replaces family with the LGBTQ sex religion. And all my young people, you have been redefined, renamed, relabeled because the devil knows if he can give you a new name, he will give you a new vision. If he can give you a new name, he will give you a new identity. If he gives you a new name, he will give you a new destiny. And that's why you're not gay, you're not bisexual, you're not trisexual, you're not a two-spirited animal, you're not a two-spirited frog, you're not pancake, you are a Christian. That's it, that's it. You already have an identity. You already have a name just because you're going through identity crisis because the devil is using left-wing politicians to confuse people's identity. It's so sad because they're going after young, vulnerable children. 
And they're purposefully using their confusion to inject a demonic agenda. I'm saying they are purposely injecting demonic confusion to young people who are so vulnerable. And that's why I'm telling you, you're not gay. You might think you're gay. You're not gay, you're Christian. You're not gay. I'm saying you're not gay. You're not trans. You're not bisexual. You're not pancake and you're not all this stuff. You're not, you're a Christian, that's it. You're a Christ follower, you're a Jesus follower because if you choose to let that name come on you, your future, your destiny, your identity is gone. You have to watch what you call yourself. And this is how you know it's demonic. Can you have scripture in school? No. Can you have sex education? Yeah. How messed up is that? <laughs> Can you talk about the Bible in school? No. Can you talk about the gay agenda? Yeah. Can you have pastors in school? No. Can you have drag queens in school? Yeah. Can you have scripture in school? No. Can you have sexual perversion in school? Yeah. This is the culture that you're a part of. <laughs> so you can have sex education, but no scripture. You can have the gay agenda, but no Bible. You can have pride month, but no prayer. Because education is not neutral. People need to understand, education is not neutral. And there's so many parents right now, you care more about your kid's education than your kid's salvation. You care more about the mental and the practical well-being of your kid, but you don't care about your, their spirit. You don't care about their soul. And this is really problematic because more important than them going to a school and more important than them going to a university, the most important thing is for them to be planted in the house of God. Can I get an amen? I'm saying more important than their physical health. More important than their physical health is their spiritual health. More important than them owning a house and having a lot of money is them actually choosing to follow Jesus. More important than them going to Oxford or Yale or whatever university you have over here is for them to be planted in the house of God. That's why, men, it's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to speak up. It's time for you to take your family, take your children, and lead them to the house of God because churches hold families together. Families hold societies together. And men hold their families together. And God holds the whole universe together. I'm saying churches hold families together. Families hold society together. And that's why the devil is on an aggressive journey to demonize masculinity in order to demonize men. To demonize men in order to destroy fatherhood. It's like the F word now, father. It's the worst word you can say is manhood and fatherhood. Because the devil is anti-family. He doesn't want you to lead with courage, strength, and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. I'm like, no, 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 no. Masculinity is not toxic. It's beautiful. See, it's beautiful when men act like men. It's ugly when men act like women. It's beautiful when men are strong. It's ugly when men are weak. It's beautiful when women are weak because women being weak is actually really powerful. But it's ugly when men dress like women. And that's the thing about the spirit of Babylon. It has a goal of making men act like women, dress like women, walk like women, talk like women, cut their body parts like women. It has a goal of making men feminine. 
It has a goal of confusing people. And firstly, it kicked God out of the public square, 1960, sexual revolution. Then it made the feminists hate their husbands. Feminists believe, <laughs> this is the funny of feminism, that the government loves them more than the husband. That's crazy. The government doesn't even know your name. <laughs> uh, and the LGBTQ believe that the government loves them more than the family. So they were abandoned, the family. We had someone in our church who was a really massive story, actually, that called the police, because in Australia, it's kind of crazy. If your parents don't affirm your gender, bend agenda, confusion, your mental health uh, delusion, the government can actually take the kid away from you. We are, if you want to look at America in 10 years' time, if you keep on voting Democrat, just look at Australia. Just look what's happening there. Parents have no rights. Right now, as a pastor, if I go to Melbourne, Victoria, it's like the LA of Australia, if I pray for a homosexual person, I can go to jail for five years for praying. If I have a pastoral care conversation with a gay person or a trans person without affirming their identity and pushing the button for them to live in the sin, I would go to jail for five years at least and get a 100K fine at the church. If you keep on pushing the anti-God, anti-family, leftist button, you're not gonna have your freedom for too long. I came from the other side of the world to warn you, bring God back in the public square, whatever that means. Whatever that means, whatever that means. When people tell you you're Christian nationalist, be like, obviously, I'm not a secular nationalist, I'm a Christian. So obviously I'm a Christian nationalist. What, what else would it be? I'll be a Muslim nationalist? What else? Like, people are like, how dare you get your Christianity involved in politics? I'm like, I involve my Christianity in everything. Jesus is Lord of everything in my life. Abortion, family, life, future, sex, identity, race, every single issue in my existence. I will always involve God in every single issue. If you keep on pressing that kicking God out of the public square button, the anti-religion button, you're gonna land in a really, really dark place. And I came on the other side of the world to warn you, hey, press the God button. Press the holiness button. Men act like men. One of the weird things that I always find with the LGBTQ, ABC, drag queen, drag men, all these drag stuff, is that like, they're really interested in being around your children. And they're so passionate about teaching your children about sex. It's really weird, like I'm an old hairy man, as you can say, I'm Arab, so we're really, really hairy. And I find it weird, why would I need to go and dance around little kids and teach them about sex? And what I figured out is that it's because they can't have their own kids. So they have to go after your own kids. This is really important for a lot of people. Uh, the LGBTQ ABC, the reason LGBTQ ABC is a perversion is because you can't have kids. <laughs> See, the first thing God said to Adam was be fruitful and multiply. And that's the basics of his, the foundation of reality is that the purpose of humanity is to be fruitful and multiply. That's why abortion is evil and demonic because it's not be fruitful and multiply, it's kill babies. That's why the LGBTQ is the next dimension of God hating and God rejecting people. It's simply because God said be fruitful, multiply. So when the LGBTQ, ABC, the reason they're really, really passionate about being around your kid is simply because they cannot have their own. And this is the beauty of life, that they can force the whole world to make their perversion normal, but they will never be able to force nature, oh God, to make their perversion normal, and that's why they can't have kids. Do you understand? You can force the whole world to say gay, I'm here, I'm queer, gay, I'm this, homosexuality is normal, love is love. You can force every single person and even churches that have rejected the Bible to do that. But that's the problem. You cannot force God or nature 
to twist reality for you to have children. So churches hold societies together. Families hold culture together. Men hold their, their family together. And men are able to hold their family as they lead, provide, and sacrifice with strength. This is really important because one of the biggest issues in our contemporary cultural church is that most churches, they talk about love without truth. They talk about empathy, but they don't talk about courage. They always say, love God, love people, love God, love people. I'm like, well, what about strength, courage, integrity? <laughs> See, this is really important. This is a process of churches becoming feminine and being led by women instead by men. See, God created men to lead and women to follow. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is the beauty of the marriage that is ahead. Like, if you're part of this church, Pastor Troy is ahead of his house. He's responsible for you. But what happens as the church becomes more feminized, they abandon truth for the sake of love. They abandon courage for the sake of empathy. And as a consequence, you say, see pastors not preaching about abortion, even their kids are being slaughtered, and they say, because we love people. I'm like, are you serious? Where's your courage, man? Where's your courage? I know it's inconvenient. I know people will hate you. I know people might not come to your church, but it does not matter. You need to be strong and courageous. Men, what does it mean to be a man? It's to be strong and courageous. God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very, very courageous. And then Joshua says, as for me, on my house, we will serve the Lord. Men, man up. Men up, I said before, it is beautiful when women are loving and caring. It's beautiful when women act like women. But when men try to be women, that is not beautiful, that is ugly. And feminism has injected itself into most churches. And that is the reason they will tell you God's love, but they never tell you about God's truth. They will always tell you, be compassionate and empathetic, but they will never tell you as a man, be strong and courageous. They will always tell you, love people, love God, love people, love God. What about providing for your family? What about being strong for your family? What about being a rock that your wife can depend on? What about telling your family, I'm the leader of this home. We're going to church. We're gonna serve Jesus. I will provide, I will lead, I'll protect, I'll even die because men, when you go to heaven, your kids is your spiritual responsibility. You'll be judged on what did you teach your kids. Men, it is your role and your responsibility to, to teach your children in the ways of the Lord because catch this, if you don't teach your kids the Bible, the devil will indoctrinate them by the LGBTQ sex religion. Men, if you do not teach your kids the Bible, the devil will indoctrinate them with the LGBTQ sex religion. And that's why what you're seeing is that so many churches have been tolerating sin so their kids are celebrating sin. If you do not plant your kid in the midst of the people of God, in a truth-speaking biblical house of God, your kid will end up joining the LGBTQ sex cult. I'm saying, if you do not teach your kid the Bible, the devil will indoctrinate your kid with the LGBTQ sex religion. That is what's going to happen. If you don't plant your kid, get them every single week to the house of God. Your kid will worship the sex cult 
of the LGBTQ ABC. Because the LGBTQ ABC, it's, a, it's an ancient yet new pagan demonic cult. It's really important. God created people to worship him, to love people, and use sex. What the LGBTQ sex religion does, it makes you love yourself, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself, worship sex, and use people. And as a consequence, your whole identity is about your feelings. This is what I call spiritual narcissism. I'm gay because I'm born this way. I'm like, I'm born a lot of things and I choose to change no matter what I feel. <laughs> All my bisexuals gonna get an amen? Nobody, that's good news? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Can I get a gay man? I'm joking. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, this is really quickly. Like, but you kinda, culture is teaching you that you are what you feel. That's why the LGBTQ new pagan cult, the LGBTQ new pagan religion, that is, it's kind of evolving to be a one world religion. That's what's going to happen if you, it's kind of crazy. Like you see that gay flag everywhere. Everywhere you go, gay flag, gay flag, gay flag, gay flag, flag. Pride month in Australia. It was nice, man. There was gay building, gay tree, gay monkey. Everything is gay except me. We're like LA, everything is gay. It was gay tree, gay building, gay zoo, gay shark, gay car, gay fire truck, gay police. I'm not the only thing that is not gay on the street is me, man. What's going on? I missed the memo. We will always be in tension with this particular religious ideology simply because they teach that you need to love yourself. Jesus taught us to self-deny. They teach that you are born this way. The Bible teaches that we're born again. They teach pride. We teach humility. Oh my, I celebrate Pride Month. Bruh, God hates pride. <laughs> You're crazy, man. You're crazy. You're crazy. What Bible are you reading? You need to find a different religion. God hates pride. God doesn't just hate pride. God is on a life mission of destroying every single prideful person. You need to understand, the Bible, every single prideful person, God will destroy. That is the purpose of God, is that if you're following him, he will use you for his glory. If you're prideful, he will destroy you for his glory. That's what happened in Nebuchadnezzar. God destroyed him for his glory. So pride is what made the devil the devil. <laughs> pride is the reason for all sin. Pride is the root for all sin. And that's why the LGBTQ, ABC, EFG, they always fight with Christianity because we celebrate humility. They celebrate pride. We're so different. Like we love all people, LGBTQ, every person, but that's a problem. No matter how much we love each other, we will always have tension simply because we believe God became man. They believe that men should become God. <laughs> See, in Christianity, we celebrate Easter. They celebrate Pride Month. We celebrate God becoming man. God stepped down into humanity to become like us. They celebrate man becoming God by cutting and chopping their body parts because God made a mistake when he made me. God made a mistake when he created me. So I need to edit myself because I am God. God created you to worship him, to use sex on love people. The LGBTQ pagan religion, it makes you love yourself, worship sex, and use people. And you will see quickly the difference between the LGBTQ religion and the gospel. The LGBTQ sex religion is about self-expression. The gospel is about self-denial. The LGBTQ sex religion is about sex worship. 
The gospel is about God worship. The LGBTQ sex religion is about men becoming God. The gospel is about God becoming men. I'm telling you, there's gonna be so much tension. Like in Australia, I'll probably, who knows, I have no idea what the future holds for me as I'm talking like that. I might go to jail, I don't know what the future holds. Because I can see clearly, it is becoming a counter anti-Christian ideology. Because we're the top opposite extremes. And as we convert more people, they will go after us. They believe that you're born this way. The gospel is, you must be born again. They believe that men becoming God, we believe that God became man. They believe I'm perfect, we believe I'm a sinner. They believe you need to affirm yourself, we believe that you need to repent. And that's why we celebrate Easter with the cross. <laughs> they celebrate Pride Month with the flag. I'm saying our color is the blood of Jesus. Their color is the flag. They wanna go up. Jesus stepped down. So parents, if you don't educate your kids with the Bible, the devil will indoctrinate them with the LGBTQ sex religion. If you choose not to plant your kids in the midst of the house of God, the devil will take them to be part of the LGBTQ sex cult. And man, it's time to man up. It's time to step up. It's time to speak. It's time to say, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It's time for you to turn to God. It's time to you for, to repent. It's time to you to wake up every single Sunday and go to your house, to the church. It's time to you to say to your kid, hey man, every single Sunday, we go to Church. It's time for you to love your wife. It's time for you to repent for you, from your sin. It's time for you to open your Bible. It's time for you to work hard. It's time for you to tie to the house of God, to build the people of God, because the church is a demonic threat to every single totalitarian government. It is the one thing that is standing in the way between government and them taking everything. We're the only people that will say, you shouldn't kill kids before they're born. It's the church, every single organization, every single person, like whatever, who cares? It's not my problem. We're the only people that are saying, hey man, you should not get little kids and have a gay drag queen man dancing about them and telling them, I say, this is wrong, man. They're kids. We have to protect the innocence of kids. We're the only people, and man, it's time for you to man up, lead, go to church. Open your Bible, repent of your sin, love your wife. More than anything, take your children to the house of God, work hard and ties to build the house of God and teach your children to love their wife, to provide, to tithe, so that God's house will stand to defend the cause of those who cannot speak for themselves. Amen. Oh, the man, if, you're, if that's you, would you lift your hands to heaven? I wanna quickly pray as we'll end this morning. I wanna pray that people start to lead. Bring your family to the house of God. Work hard, tithe. Don't just tithe. Teach your kid how to tithe. When your kid gets the first job, make them tithe. Take your wife, love her, lead her into the house of God. It's time for us to build the house of God to be full to overflow. This church is a miracle looking around and I believe there's so much more as men choose to lead and work and build the kingdom of God and take their kids and their wife to the house of God. As men choose to work hard to build a business, to build a life, to build a career, so that the church might get bigger and better. Men, men, up. So you can confidently say like Joshua, as for me on my house, we will serve the Lord.
Jesus, we're ready, God, to step up. We're ready to see your kingdom come. I believe, God, this church is gonna explode. This church is gonna grow. This church is gonna see a miracle in the meaning. This church is gonna be revival, a revival of men leading. A revival of men that will be strong and courageous like Joshua. A revival of men that will tithe. A revival of men that will serve every Sunday. A revival of men that will come early to welcome people that don't know you. A revival of men that will love their wife and tell them, hey, I love you and we're going to church. A revival of men that will say, if you live in this house, my kid, we go to church. This is my house. This is my rules. You're going to church. This is how things work. If not, you should pay the rent or you should pay the mortgage. You can't. My rules, man. It's really simple. <laughs> if you can't pay the bills, you don't get inside the rules. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Would you stand up quickly? I wanna pray lastly as we land today. For the people that don't know Jesus, oh man, I love preaching these messages. I always see the most people saved in these type of messages. That's, I preached this sermon on Easter. Um, crazy enough, the LGBTQ versus the cross. And, we had so many people that don't know God at all come to our church and they got saved because of talking about this stuff. Because the Holy Spirit convicted them. There's something about the Holy Spirit. You, that's the problem with seeking sense of church. They think you need to save people. You can't save people, only God can. When you speak this truth, people across the room, you can feel God. I, I don't even need to try. And I'm talking to you tonight with every head bowed and eye closed. Those people that don't know Jesus. I'm gonna to speak to you today that today, you're like, I don't agree with that guy, but it feels like it's true. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. He already came ahead of me and he already opened your heart. And that's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus to whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God is not mad at you. God is madly in love with you, but this is a problem that God's love came to you, but you don't care. And one day you're gonna stand in front of the judgment seat of God and you'll give an account on this moment that you have right now that Jesus told you, I love you, I want to save you, but you said, I do not care. And this is what the Bible said, that the basis of the judgment of people going to hell is that the light came into the world. But people love the darkness more than the light. And this is the basis of God's judgment, by the way. God's light came, but you said, I don't care. On the count of three, if tonight you wanna to get saved, shoot your hand up. One, Jesus loves you from the front to the back, from the right to the left. Every single person, shut your eyes. If you're a Christian, be praying. If you're not a Christian, I'm talking to you. On the count of three, if today you wanna to get saved, shoot your hand up. One, two, three, shoot your hand up. I see at the back, one person, two, three, four, I see at the back. If that's you, shoot your hand up. Five, if that's you, shoot your hand up. I see some more people. One, two, three, six, seven, shoot your hand up. Would you pray with me, Jesus? Save me. I need you, God. Save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Save me from my way. I need you and I want you. You're my King. You're my Lord. You're my boss. Come give it up for Jesus, Freedom House. I'm saying, come give it up for Jesus.